What's up, everyone? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the TDR Trade of Black podcast. Hope you're having a good week, midweek. And here we go. Obviously, there's a lot of info, I should say, interest pertaining to the space right now. We got some speculation on is rescheduling imminent? Is that all smoke and mirrors as well? There's an anti-dumping probe going on with Israel and 10 Canadian LPs. What does this mean? How serious is it? We're going to bring on actually an international editor in just a moment to break down a story involving this and what this means. So let's welcome in Mr. Anthony Barrow to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. Just got back from a nice business meeting. Uh, how was lunch? It was good. It was good. It's good to see. Uh, it's good when you don't see people for uh, for a long time and you kind of just pick right up where you left off. Met with some um, interesting people. It's good to have friends like that. Yeah. It's my buddies that had a biz dev for Jeter um out in california um they're expanding throughout the country um getting into some new markets and they're i think the number one infused pre-roll um in the country right now um, nice. a bunch of guys i knew from college that went out to cali um after they had an exit in the music industry and started a cannabis brand and they are uh, kicking ass and taking names gotta love stories like that isn't that associated with uh Dwayne wade uh Dwayne wade's a strategic advisor i think on the business yeah that's correct gotcha that's a great story. Um, all right, let's get into it. Into the Wire, headlining all the biggest headlines in cannabis here in the TDR Trade to Black podcast. And we begin with the story, and we're going to bring in an, actually an international editor in just a moment. It's involving um, Israel launching an anti-dumping probe on 10 Canadian LPs. This story broke by international editor Matt Lammers from MJ Biz 48 hours ago. So let's bring in Matt and learn more about what this story means, how serious it is. Good to see you, sir. And thanks for joining us here on the podcast here today. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I was online and I read this story and I was like, you know, this really grabbed my attention, but break us down. Like, what is this story really involved? The 10 companies that are involved as well. And really how serious uh, is this? Sure. Yeah. First of all, um, Israeli cannabis magazine and Strat can had the story first and they did, they did some good reporting too. So I didn't exactly break it. But it's an important story, and I, we did get some co a comment from the Canadian government that, that did advance the story a little bit a little bit ahead. Um, so it's a big deal because Israel is the second biggest importer uh, of, of medical cannabis in the world um, yeah. behind Australia. Okay, so uh, who who did it? So the director of import administration of, of Israel's Ministry of Economy started the probe. It's important to understand that. Um, what Canada, the Canadian government said that they were disappointed. Uh, the, the federal government told me they were disappointed in, in, the, in the decision to launch the probe. And that's kind of a big deal, I think, because how often does the Canadian federal government go to bat for um, the international Canadian cannabis industry? This is, this is yeah. quite rare, quite rare, I think. So mm. um, I, I, I thought that was notable. Um, so and then what's next? Um, Ten Canadian companies have 30 days to submit answers to question, uh, very detailed questionnaires they were sent uh, by by the Israeli government. Um, if we kind of zoom out and just and look at the Canadian export sector um, in general, so in April 2022 to March 2023, in that fiscal year, Canada's exports of medical flour were 59,000 kilograms, um, and that's about a 50% increase over the previous year. And 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 I like I like that context because. You can see that there's meaningful growth in Canada's medical cannabis export sector. So we're not talking yeah. we're not talking a couple million dollars here like there were four or five years ago, right? Like this is this is it's, start, it's starting to become real money. Um, the problem though is that almost eighty percent of Canada's 
exports went to only two places, Australia and Israel. Okay. Israel imported 21,000 kilograms. Australia imported 26,000 kilograms. Uh, Germany was number three with 10,000 kilograms of imports. Um, the problem is, is the two biggest places where Canada exports to, Australia and Israel, they have grand designs to be net exporters. So how yeah. long can Canadian companies really count on these markets? Right. Um, and, and, and you see with this Israeli probe, there's already a lot of friction, right? The biggest medical mar medical marijuana market in the world uh, that's federally, federally regulated, that caveat's really important, is Canada. And we don't allow medical cannabis imports for commercial reasons. Colombia and Jamaica are we're pretty pissed off about that. Um, Israel is, is also entering that arena. Australian medical cannabis companies have complained to me about that in the past. So I think this... This is the this is going to be the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think the days are pretty much over where Canada is going to com completely dominate the export market for mm. uh, medical marijuana that has not been through clinical trials. I think that we've pretty we've dominated the market over the last two years, but a lot of countries want to participate in in that industry because we're talking real dollars now. So just to paint a picture of the real dollars. It was negligible a few years ago, right? Um, and in 2022 was the first real year, 100, 107 million dollars of exports, and then last year, 160 million dollars of exports. So these are these are real numbers. And for Canadian companies that are struggling to break even, if you can make five, ten million dollars from exporting medical cannabis to Israel or Australia, that's really going to help you a lot. Sure. But I mean, are these allegations? Are these allegations here, like in a nutshell, like they're the Israelis are basically saying? The Canadian LPs are just kind of frivolously exporting their excess capacity to Israel or like the Canadian LPs are kind of just looking around. They're like, hey, we've got this cannabis we're sitting on. Let's just send it over there and just book it as revenue. So, so what, what happened was that a bunch of Israeli companies got together and complained to the to, to the Israeli government about um, the Canadian imports. And they said they were it was hurting their businesses financially. Now, Canada. Okay. Is Canada is exporting that much to Israel, which they are. Sure, it's, it's hurting their business in terms of it's 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 competition, right? But I, yeah. then, then the question becomes: is it, is it unfair competition or is it fair competition? It's not. For, yeah. It's not for me to say. I mean, okay. okay is okay, that I, capacity? I, I, is there the capacity currently built out in Israel though to service that market and let's say negate the export the importing of the Canadian cannabis? Or, I mean, that, that's yet to be determined because that's I mean, a, that, if that's a great question. It, yeah. Cause I mean, if, if that is, then obviously the companies that are complaining, I think their, their complaint is merit. But if not, then I mean, I think the Canadians have every right to be exporting um, to, to that market as long as the cannabis is going to good use. Right. And I can't, I, I can't answer that question. I think they yeah. probably don't have the capacity to meet local demand completely right now. Otherwise, I think they probably would. And they also yeah. want to be exporters, right? Israel's been talking for years about being an exporter of cannabis. Yeah, because mm. I mean, the part of the story was always that if you want to get your cannabis into Europe, um, your Israel's a great jump off point because Israel can actually export um, into the EU. So I mean, being the net exporter has always been part of the Israeli game. Um, which I always thought the Canadian LPs would somehow also find their way into both of those, into both of those markets almost simultaneously. Yeah. Notable names include Oxley, Canopy, Kronos, uh, Organigram, SNDL. Like these are some big heavyweights that uh, were announced and outlined in this story. Did it surprise you at all? 
Uh, no, because those are all the exporters. Uh, those are the yeah. biggest exporters, right? So this is exactly what I would expect. I was surprised um, about Tilray because Tilray told me they haven't they haven't exported medical cannabis to Israel from Canada. They said they've exported it from Portugal. So um, and this, and 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 this is just part of the probe, right? So they sent that questionnaire yeah. to all these companies, and and they're all going to reply. Tilray is going to be like. Like, hey, we have an export. Was it possible? Was it possible that because I know Hexo, I think, mm -hmm. is exported um, yeah. to to Israel. Was it possible that that's the Tilray connection? It was cannabis that was exported via Hexo, and that's, then obviously once that acquisition's complete, it's now Tilray. That's um, definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. But Hexo is also named in in as one of the ten companies too. So okay, what 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 are the ramifications of this? Mm -hmm. Like, what yeah. happens if if this is validated? That and, I mean, that th there's an excess being just dumped into the Israeli market. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, the documents that were on the Israeli government website said that they have the, nothing will happen. There won't be any penalties in, imposed within the next 60 days. So the okay. Canadian companies have 30 days to reply. And then I guess the Israeli government is going to look over those documents for 30 days. And then after that, they may make an immediate decision um, okay. or they might or might take longer. I kind of doubt that there's going to be meaningful financial penalties imposed on these Canadian companies, yeah. but I'm not a yeah. lawyer. You might want to talk to an international trade yeah. lawyer about that. This okay. is new yeah. territory, right? Because yeah. There haven't been very many international trade disputes with medical cannabis. I've written no. a little bit on like Columbia, Canada, Jamaica, Canada, but there hasn't really been much. This is the first full-blown, you know, anti-dumping probe that's ever happened in, in the marijuana industry. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, yeah. this surprise you at all, this story? Um, given the competitive nature of the import export market, it's ultra competitive. There's only three meaningful import markets and there's like, there's probably at least a dozen countries wanting to, wanting to access those markets. So given the competition and then given that there's real dollars at stake now, it doesn't surprise me. You just yeah. think that the, the industry is becoming more competitive with other countries getting involved. Right. And the first mover advantage that Canada presented, like people are catching up is from what I'm reading between the lines, right? Right, right. And countries, you have EU GMP certified um, exporters in Colombia right now that want to tap the, the Israeli market. You have EU GMP certified companies in Portugal. So, and then there's a bunch of African countries that also want to get involved. And and so I, I don't think that the export game is going to be as profitable as it was in the, over the last few years. Oh, Canada, it's right? Gonna grow, right? It's going to grow. The export market is, is, and that's exciting because the export market grew 50% last year. Yeah. Don't know, we don't have the figures yet for 2023. So um, the growth in, in, the growth is there and cannabis companies more than anything right now need sales. Um, and so they see these sales overseas and they're going for them. Oh, how times have changed when it comes to the Canadian market, right? Very much so. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, listen, I appreciate you checking in here today and give us a better understanding of what this story meant, but uh, we'll be watching it closely, but appreciate the time. Let's keep in touch, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Interesting to see how that develops, but- uh, Very interesting. Very interesting. Israel's always been a part of the Canadian LP story, um, especially as it relates to exportation. So, I mean, it's interesting and definitely going to keep a close eye on that. Yep. But I think it's just the- you know, revolution of, uh, you know, the industry, it just more and more countries are seeing what was right, what was wrong. And it's becoming more and more competitive. We saw those yeah. stories, even like with banks in the U S we talked to Tyler Burline, some banks actually stepping away, but that's just the growth of the industry as more and more people get involved. 
Uh, this is the TDR Traded Black Podcast, our first segment, Into the Wire, headlining all the biggest headlines in cannabis. I'm your host, Shad Dales, with Anthony Verrill. Uh, as well, quick reminder, we've launched our Baked In Daily Newsletter this week. We're going to be launching tomorrow our weekly equity research report, which is going to highlight MeriMed. This is exclusive to TDR Baked In Newsletter subscribers, so subscribe. We've got the link in the comments below. And we'll give you an outline as to what we like and been watching as far as MeriMed and what you can expect next, as it's written by our lead analyst, Bill McNarlin, as we like to call him, the TDR professor. Um, headline number two next up. Just when we think rescheduling would do a lot for the industry, we might go a step further if U.S. Senators Chris Van Hollen, Elizabeth Warren, John Fetterman, and Chuck Schumer involving descheduling, who have compiled a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland and DEA Administrator Ann Milgram. So, Anthony, break down with this letter what some of the key points are outlined in it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of political posturing. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer, John Fetterman, they're kind of seeing the conversation develop around cannabis as it relates to rescheduling. And then they want to take it all the way into left field and say, all right, well, they're trying to reschedule it. Why not let's just deschedule it? Um, altogether. I mean, it, 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 it creates some political will. It puts their hats in the ring as far as the conversation goes. Yeah. And I mean, while ultimately I would love for cannabis to be completely descheduled and removed from the CSA, I just don't think that's feasible in the political climate that we're currently in um, or the world that we're in right now. I mean, I think America gets there. I don't think America is going to get there this year. I think we're going to get incremental. Schedule three is going to be first. Um, you're going to then see more research. You're going to see medical efficacy proved in the years to come. And then there will potentially be descheduling and cannabis removed from the CSA as it deserves down the road. Um, this is interesting because John Schroyer from the Green Market Report this afternoon put out a tweet that I replied to, yikes, in marijuana moment fashion, that he's got a correspondent in Washington that says uh, rescheduling is imminent. Love to know what the word imminent means. Um, could be tomorrow, could be in April. Um, April might be imminent considering the timeframes that we've been working with in cannabis. Um, Twitter got in a groundswell uh, on that news. We saw MSOS kind of kick higher. Um, let's, let's wait and see. I mean, a yeah. lot of people, especially the watchers, the people that are watching this podcast, I mean, are positioned um, for that announcement. It doesn't change anything for me. And again, it's just conjecture. Um, we're basing a lot of market activity right now off of headlines that aren't news. It's yeah. hearsay. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not trying to rain on everybody's parade. Don Murphy talks to Ron DeSantis. The Florida adult use ballot initiative should get out of the Supreme Court and onto the ballot come November. Yeah, That's not news. Yeah. That's conjecture. It's <clears throat> just more positive sentiment shifting. Yeah. This rescheduling is imminent. I hope it's tomorrow, but chances are it's probably not going to be. Um, I kind of just prefer to keep it real in, in terms of where we're at. I mean, we're seeing a lot of the market moving. We're seeing a lot of share prices appreciate the names that we're all in. The tides are turning. The wind's at our back. It's going to happen. But this all, I heard this and I heard that. Like This is what unless, makes the space so interesting though, right? <laughs> like, like to be honest, yeah, but it also it also creates you. a mind fuck for everybody. I hear like you. unless Don Murphy comes out on Twitter and says, hey, I had a meeting on the Hill today. I yep. met with X, Y, and Z. It's coming out of the DEA in the next two weeks. I really am going to take it at face value and kind of just roll my eyes and move on. 
I'm not yeah. buying any more stock because of it. I'm not going to change my investment thesis because of it. It does make for good conversation, though. You think TMZ should get involved in this industry? They'd no, have news not, every not a, single day. Not, 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 not at all. Yeah, absolutely not at all. Uh, Professor Guap, thanks. The definition of imminent is very soon. Yes, I appreciate that. But yes, this yeah. industry is all about headlines and any little like blow in the wind headline that comes across, people get super, super excited. But it's the anticipation, right? What are you looking at? Is that real guap or is that fake? Uh, is that real guap? Oh, I got El Guap. I got. I mean, if this up. is real, if this is real, it's a pretty big deal because I, to be honest, I take, I take Sam at face value over seeing uh, John's tweet. Um, Sam's actually on the hill. If that's true, then yeah, this is this is about to move. Sam just tweeted, we finished briefing staff and influencers Capitol Hill and are now meeting with Congress members about big announcements coming up in the next 24 hours. Stay tuned. Real. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yes, you're right, John. Um, I'm I'm curious, like if if we look at, you know, going back to where I originally brought up about descheduling, um, how does that you think impact? Uh, the timeline when it comes to uh, federal legalization, because rescheduling is a lot different than descheduling, and the chances of descheduling like, descheduling is federal legalization. So it's it's once it's descheduled, it's fully federally legalized. It's, it's alcohol. Hmm. Descheduling means cannabis tomorrow is in the exact same conversation in the exact same category as alcohol. It's it's no longer on the Controlled Substances Act. It's <laughs> It's um, it's it's it, it's good. It's done. It's it's best case scenario. It's 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 a it's a CPG at that point. It's literally yeah. like a like a beer. Yeah, and you don't see that happening obviously this year, but in <laughs> that's huge. Um, we're just not there. We're not there as a society. Like we we, we can't agree on anything. Um, would I love it to happen? Sure, I'd be I I'd benefit greatly from it. Um, but I, I don't think it's in the cards in anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, headline number three, let's now focus on Virginia. We're three years after legalizing small amounts of marijuana possession for adults. The Virginia General Assembly is now working on creating a marketplace for recreational cannabis. So um, I guess the first question is like, this is a medical market that's projected to be about $50 million this year. Uh, how will this potential bill be set up and structured? So this th this bill bodes well potentially for the Virginia uh, adult use market. However, Glenn Youngkin has not said a single word on it up until now. Glenn Youngkin is a conservative Republican um, in the uh, in the governorship of Virginia. Um, Virginia's long time coming with adult use. I really think it's going to take a a less conservative, more liberal um, governor to to get this done or. The tide's really turning and the GOP and the conservative governors are going to take sense not to plug Sam, but sensible approaches to marijuana yeah. and actually start to roll out these adult use markets. Yeah. Um, there's three major MSOs in Virginia, GTI, the cannabis and Jushi. Um, yeah. They've all got formidable footprints. They do within within the state of Virginia. They would benefit from this greatly. Um, I would love to see this happen. But I mean, we've been having this conversation for some time now around PA and VA, and we are still here. Um, so I'm going to watch it closely, see how this kind of progresses through the motions um, in Virginia. And obviously we'll report back on it when we start to see some traction. 
Yeah, we're going to bring up actually Jushi uh, in our daily movers. We're looking at uh, a chart of uh, how, you know, the industry and some of the stocks have performed from January 1st up until this year. And Jushi, needless to say, there it is. First time here today, needless to say, is at the top of that chart. Uh, let's now switch to headline number four. Last one I want to bring up here is U.S. multi-state operator Air Wellness, who recently announced that they're close to closing a debt structuring plan for its Canadian subsidiary Air Wellness Canada. The plan involves exchanging its existing debt for new senior secured notes with a higher interest rate and longer maturity date. So um, I guess the first concern, I guess, or question, I shouldn't say concern, Anthony, is there any dilution here that uh, investors should be mindful of? So Air's taken a interesting approach to this. Ever since this was announced, the it, the warrants that are going to be issued to current shareholders and the warrants that are being issued, they refer to as anti-dilutive warrants. Um, I get that. I don't know if I agree with the verbiage that's being used, but it is a very, very good, nice olive branch that's being extended to their current shareholders. Yep. Um, if I was a current shareholder of AIR or if I was a long-term shareholder of AIR, these warrants can create immense value for people that are currently holding at these prices. If you really do think that there's a true dislocation between the fundamentals in the business and the market cap of the company, which I mean, I tweeted yesterday, I think they're still trading at one times top line revenue on a trailing 12. I mean, they've got a kick-ass footprint in key markets that are yet to activate such as Florida and Ohio. Um, there's a lot to like of air. I mean, I like the CEO of air. Yeah. I like the, I like the fundamentals of the business. Um, I like that they've already pretty much addressed all of the debt. Um, this is going to come up at a certain point in time in 2026 where this is going to convert. That event is of the debt converting to equity is going to be dilutive. It's a dilutive event. You can't okay. spin it any other way. They're going to add more shares onto the float on the back half of this in December. I think it's December, December 2026. Yeah, will be when that event happens for the total sum, I think, of two hundred and forty three million dollars. Wow. Um, in debt, uh, the business should be in a much, much different uh, position in December of twenty twenty six. If we're all right, adult use in Florida should be well on its way since we're kind of benchmarking July twenty twenty five as the start if and when it passes. Schedule three, I fucking hope passes by then. Um, so you've got no 280e. Yeah. Free cash flow becomes um, the free cash flow story for air becomes immensely more um, con contributive con contributory to the fundamentals of the business. The debt's then taken out, and all that time you're sitting on warrants that should be well in the money. Yeah. Um, that if exercised will double your share count. I like the move. Um, I like that air is planning for tomorrow today. Yeah. For with, with their shareholders in mind. Yeah. Um, and now the debt's solved for the most part. Three, um, you know what's going to happen down the road in December 2026. Three to five years, not three to five months in this space as we continue to, like, you know, communicate because uh, you're right. Uh, all those things that you outlined, rescheduling, possibly descheduling. Uh, no 280E. Let's, let's not. Let's, I know. I know. Possibly descheduling is not even. But what I'm saying is, is that this is 2024. Uh, I, I think if you see a lot, there's going to be a lot of change in this space over the next two years. And to your point, the Florida market, arguably the biggest cannabis market in the world, right? Could be one of them. Could yeah. be one of them.
Um, Christian writes, who tweeted the rumor? I don't know if anybody wants to comment on and let us know. It was John Schroyer, the reporter from Green Market Reports. Oh, there it is. If right. You follow there. me. If you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted it. Okay. So um, it, should, uh, it should be right there. Mohammed actually wrote February will be a good month. I think who is ready for Germany? Buckle up tight. Uh, Mohammed, you heard anything about, I know we were talking about the first month or two that we could see rec approved in Germany. I haven't really heard anything since, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if we get some news sooner rather than later. Uh, that wraps up Into the Wire, headlining all the biggest headlines in cannabis. It's now time for segment number two here on the TDR Trade of Black podcast, which is our daily movers. And here today, we want to once again, we brought it up last week, a chart, which is um, for the week. We want to look at stocks and how they performed since the beginning of the year and uh, outline some of the stocks that I think a lot of our viewers have been watching. I'm just going to put this on a full screen right now. But so we break down this chart. Uh, notably at the very top company called gold flora, which is a California operator. I really don't know much about them, but need, you know, no surprise air wellness, which is an investor favorite truly with their Florida news. Uh, these are some big gains, uh, since, uh, beginning of the uh, year that you can see why there's a lot of optimism pertaining to the space right now. Yeah. Yeah. The market's mature. I mean, the market's, the market's on, I mean, I don't want to say it's on fire right now, but it's, it's, it's moving. Um, these are, these are names that are moving on headlines. Like I said, it's not news. It's more so sentiment shifting rhetoric. We'll call it because none of it's concrete, but the DeSantis news, um, the, the, the momentum going into reset to, to a rescheduling scenario, schedule three, um, Don Murphy coming out and talking about the dates, talking about, um, how he thinks it's not a matter of if or when, um, safe banking surfacing again. Um, one thing I do want to point out, though, on this chart is two of the laggards that have completely lagged the rally being Canopy Growth and Tilray. So I've taken a lot of shit in the last couple of weeks for not talking about Canopy and Tilray. Um, I was told I was a racist white dude by some guy in the comments. I was told that no one likes me because I don't talk about Canopy and Tilray. Well, Canopy and Tilray are red year to date, but. If we get rescheduling, I think both of these names shoot out of the blo- out of the starting blocks and start to get momentum. I'll go by, I'll go top to bottom both names. Canopy yeah. Growth owns Wanna Brands. They own Jetty Extracts. They've got the call option on Acreage. Canopy yep. USA becomes a formidable player on rescheduling and on further legalization regulatory reform. People yeah. know that. People yeah. understand they have constellation attached. Canopy, despite what some people think, does have leverage to the United States. They are a part of the conversation when talking about the regulatory reform and the growth of the cannabis industry in the United States of America. Yes. They are warranted in that conversation. Trades out of Yeah. And Canopy, I don't even think that the red the red the nature of the stock being red year to date the only reason i think canopy is red year to date is because of the financing that they announced they canceled it then they upsized it i don't think that the market digested that well um and i mean that that's it i mean it's not fundamentally driven for them to uh for them to be left out of the conversation also i think the global x and the horizons etf 
Um, they did hold some canopy within their holdings, so I'm sure that's being sold as well. Yeah. Um, Tilray, we had Irwin on. Irwin's part of some very large businesses in the CPG space. Tilray is also red. I think Tilray is more of a capital market story and just not getting love because people see dilution and I don't think people don't trust it. Institutional money, I think, is going to go into Tilray and Canopy on U.S. news. There's a lot to like about Tilray's U.S. footprint as it relates to alcohol. Yeah, I think that that is foreshadowing as for their entry into the United States in the cannabis industry. Those assets can translate into mm. a cannabis business far down the road. Um, there's also a lot to like about Tilray in Germany. Um, they've got the pharma business. They've got a cannabis business that's operating in Germany. Tilray is a multi-continent story, much like Cureleaf. I don't put them in the same bucket, but I'll just say it since they have exposure to North America as well as Europe. Um, am I buying Tilray? No. Would I buy Tilray going into the future? Would I buy Canopy going into the future? Probably. I think that they get legs, they get momentum, and they're both dislocated from the market from a valuation perspective. I do but think I mean, what those are the two Canadian LPs, as well as Sundial, that should be within the conversation when we're talking about U.S. regulatory reform. Well, I think we're finally seeing it. The sentiment's shifting. You know, uh, for the longest time, we've talked about the big Canadian LPs with international ties, but you can clearly see that with imminent news, thanks for the definition, Guap, which means very soon, um, something that we've been talking about in, the, in this industry for quite some time, for a number of years, is that when will these U.S. players come to the forefront, which this chart pretty much, you know, showcases that firsthand. Uh, some of the other notable names... I mean that being said, Air Canopy oh, is nice. Canopy is still worth two x of like an Air Wellness. It's worth a two. It's worth two x from a market cap basis. It's worth double of Ascend. Um, Canopy is worth I think it's in parity pretty much from no. It's actually worth about a hundred million less than TerraSend. Um, I mean Canopy's got some room to run, all things considered, with the Agreed. size of the business and what they can be in the future. Agreed. And I'm saying what they can be, not what they will be. Yeah. The, the stage is set for them to do it. If they do it, it's yet to be determined. Jushi's up 60% on the year already. Good January, to say the least. Don't look now. C21 Investments and our good friend Sammy up over 40%. Dan Aaron's Mondays with Dan. ETF is up over 35%. Thanks for scrolling through that. You want to bring up any charts, Mitch? If I bring up, what's this company, Vec? I, I shouldn't say what's this company, but I keep seeing Vexed Science. I'm learning more and more about them. I knew about them like the number of years ago. Do you have much uh, up-to-date information they're in arizona that. they're an arizona operator they're one of the smaller names in the space i don't know anything really about the fundamentals of the company i learned about them maybe three or four years ago um it's not one of the names i look at on a daily basis truly though man that is proving to be a big winner for many in the space right now um mitch you want to break, bring that up there's a monster right there truly yeah nice year that's for sure. Good month. And is this that's what happens when Ron that's what happens when Ron DeSantis comes out and says, Yeah, the Florida mm -hmm. Adult Use Initiative is gonna get off the ballot. Yeah. And to our viewers out there, we are trying hard. We've reached out to <clears throat> Kim Rivers and her team, waiting to hear back. We hope to have her on soon because man, would now not be a great time to have her on to talk more, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. 
Um, okay, that wraps up segment number two, Daily Movers. And every Wednesday, segment number three, we're going to have a little segment now called Agree or Disagree. You ready for this? Yeah, fire away. You sound you just sound so excited for this. I'm going to start asking you the questions on agree or disagree. You should. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should. Okay, first one, agree or disagree. Florida Supreme Court will rule in favor of the recreational marijuana amendment bill or ballot, excuse me. I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree. I mean, DeSantis has appointed most of the Supreme Court. Um, the arguments were weak. It stimulates the economy in the state of Florida. Um, lobbying dollars are going to the initiative within, with, within spades. Um, I don't think there's any chance that it doesn't get put on the ballot. I agree. I agree with you there. Agree or disagree, New York will get the illegal dispensaries under control. I say agree. I completely disagree. I think Governor Hochul's full of shit. You do? Have you seen any know. progress yet? Um... I can't speak on politics and progress. I think it's still too early, but uh, I mean, have you, know. you seen, we, we were there three months ago. You saw an illegal dispenser on every street corner. Yeah. But it actually opened my eyes when I was talking to Boris back in December, when he's saying they're going to clean this up and it's going to be a tremendous uh, opportunity for the wholesale market. And I didn't realize like, you know, who's going to actually step into Manhattan as far as a retail perspective. But if there's incentives to flip them onto the legal side, I think that there's something there and uh, probably conversations going on that uh, I'm not part of, which is I don't why. think you're I don't think you're wrong, but I think there's a reason why Kira Leaf's first dispensary in New York was in Hudson Valley and not in the most densely one of the most densely populated cities in the world. That's right now, but give it a year or two. Yeah. Right. Um, dis agree or disagree. The FDA will announce in Q4 the approval of MAPS's MDMA protocol. I'm saying timeline wise i don't know but yes i definitely agree that they will approve this yeah i don't know if it gets done this year but i think it does get done ultimately yeah there's there's enough efficacy there and i think there's enough merit to to get it through yeah uh let us know comments below agree or disagree with some of the stuff that we've outlined anything that we've missed any compelling questions that you want us to ask let us know uh christian you wrote high tide baby yes i want to confirm with everyone raj grover from high tide is actually coming on to our podcast next Wednesday. As it stands right now, it's going to be a pre-record and we're going to post this on probably the Thursday, but we're pushing hard to get them on the live stream a week from today to talk about their earnings. I don't know if you saw their earnings from earlier this week, but man, this company is doing a lot of right things. No, they were good. They were, they were solid. Also, just so this, Cleve, when we bring something up on the screen, there were like 20 names there. We can't go over every single one of them. <laughs> there's ones that, 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 that there's ones that I know, like the back of my hand. There's ones that we know that we're going to cover. Schwaz is a lesser known name. Um, it's not one of the ones that I cover on a daily basis or one of the ones that I've ever owned. Um, Switch so was just left off the list. But we don't skip over anything with any intention. Like it's it, it's just a rolling thing when we bring up those lists yeah. on the screen. Steve S writes, can we get an update on slang worldwide? Um, haven't talked or spoke to them in a while. Uh, had a lot of great brands and partnerships, but um, just a stock that I feel like it can't get out of its own way. Yeah, I mean, I, I slang's another name. I mean, I thought slang was going to be a formidable player in the space. It was a great distribution business. It was a great Especially story. Steve. The financial engineering and the share count in the business is just terrible. Um, the stock can't move. Um, Wasn't that one of uh, their first... Uh, uh, partnership announcements with uh, canopy back in the day 
slime. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I I would be if I was a betting man. I would say somehow slang winds up under the canopy umbrella with canopy USA in the long run. Now that's just pure speculation. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that that would happen. Yeah. Mohammed, uh, John Levine, we're actually shooting a podcast with this week, aren't we on Thursday? Who is it? Sorry. John Levine, Merrimed. John Levine. We're actually doing a week from tomorrow. Uh, we're doing a podcast with John that'll likely be posted. What's that? February the 8th. So we'll probably post that on the Monday, which would be February the 12th. But yes, uh, we're doing our full equity research report, which is a great reminder for all of our uh, listeners and viewers out there right now. Make sure to subscribe to our baked in newsletter. Log on to the dalesreport.com. We have um, chartered financial analyst, TDR professor Bill McNarland pushing out our daily content. We've got our first research report regarding Mary Med tomorrow. And if you want to see it, it's exclusive to TDR baked in newsletters. So please subscribe. We appreciate the follow. And there's a lot of good, compelling information that we've outlined in this first research report, but we're going to be pushing probably one to two of those out on a per weekly basis and as many as 40 different cannabis companies. So a lot of uh, helpful information, especially as this industry heats up. And one last thing, Mohammed. Do not pick the 49ers. Uh, you can't pick them over uh, Mahomes. I've realized that's just a bad choice come playoff time. Yeah. Also, Seth and Jordan, I know I did tweet out I started a Sundial or SNDL position yesterday. Um, I did. Uh, it's obviously not financial advice. or are not saying do one way or another, but the stock looks pretty attractive here, and I like their leverage to the United States. Um, with parallel and with SkyMint going forward, um, they and the the I think the valuation is just completely dislocated yeah. um, from a fundamental to a market caps perspective, and I think it's going to be one of those other ones that potentially gets institutional interest and also catches momentum um, and starts to catch a bid on Schedule Three actually coming out being yeah. announced. Cleve, appreciate the uh, comment. You guys rock three. Uh... 30012 writes, I feel like SNDL's Canadian retail cannabis revenues are going to take a hit. Care to elaborate off of that as to why you think that? Leave a comment below and we'll respond. In the meantime, this has been good. Uh, we got Guap coming back again on Friday. Uh, but for now, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, appreciate everybody for watching. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see Thanks you everybody. at noon Friday, 12 o'clock Friday. Fours on Monday and Wednesday. 12 o'clock on Friday. Take care, everyone. Finally got some golf in on Friday. There you go. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. And if you want to learn more about the emerging industries that we cover, then leave a comment below and let us know who you want us to interview, the questions you want asked, and the information that you want to learn. We want to hear from you. As usual, click on that bell for all notifications to get the latest information. Share this video with your network and don't forget to subscribe to our channel because we would not be here without